This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and a special guest. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right, well, welcome to the podcast, everybody. Hello again. Welcome back to me, myself, because I was gone last week, and Dan Gillette uh, led us through an awesome time. So thanks, Dan, for doing that last week. Back again at it, my boy Dan. And then we have uh, a special guest this morning. Some have called him uh, the man in brown himself, Pat Smith. Uh, Welcome. Welcome, Pat Smith. Thanks. Great to be here again. And uh, you're playing Hurt. A little bit uh, with us today. You got you got a little injury. Yeah. You got a cast on your on your left yeah. hand. What's going on? What did I'll, Sheila do? I'll hold it up so that the people who have the yeah. premium membership. This is behold, great. Can yeah. see in the in the camera. This is great podcast material right here. But, this is uh, great. I uh, I just had a little uh, orthoscopic surgery and it went well. They took the stitches out and I'll be back uh, full strength next week. I get the cast off and and uh, I'll be back doing worship with with Sean. And swinging the club, but most importantly, that'll come the club. sometime in January. Gotta, okay, okay, you got to you got to cool it a little bit. Okay, fair I'm gonna f- I'm gonna float your boat here for a second, Pat. Just a, an example of your faithfulness. This is awesome that you, like, literally days before getting your surgery, you wanted to lead worship, so you did at the Altamont, and then literally days after getting that thing off, you're gonna be back again serving on the team. So just what an awesome servant you are. So thanks what for that. Stuff. Love it. It, it. it helps me more probably than than other folks. I love doing doing worship. That's great. Well, we got we got three weirdo worship leaders on the podcast for you guys. Hey, quick before we get started, uh, a shout out to Larry Wagner too. Also, mm-hmm. um, over Thanksgiving week, he um, shared his heart with us and and uh, just had a great a great message about celebration and God God being the God of celebration. And mm-hmm. obviously, it was geared a lot towards Thanksgiving, but I think it's really appropriate as as we go into the Christmas season as well. So if you haven't gotten a chance to listen to that, please go back. I think so that's three episodes ago, right? Three or I mean, I guess depending on how you count this one, not the last one, one before that Thanksgiving week. Go yeah, look yeah, for yeah. Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go go listen. It's fantastic if you haven't gotten a chance to. And thank you, Larry, for sharing your heart. Uh, awesome. Well, hey, we um, if you're tracking with us on Sunday mornings and you've been listening to the the Behold podcast for a little bit of time, then. You know that we've been in this teaching series looking at uh, 1 Corinthians 8 through 10, and really we're, we're learning so much about just a reminder of how we're to live our lives. You know, we, we call this series Love and Liberty, and it's really been enlightening for a lot of us, just this this process of, of laying down freedoms and rights for the benefit of others, and not even just for their benefit, but there's there's a lot of beautiful things that happen in our own hearts in that process, and we're just ending that series our very own Dan Gillette on Sunday did the review and use, and two weeks ago it was Nathan Baird doing the review and use, that same chunk. Nice job, Dan, on that. Mm-hmm. And Nate, if you're listening, nice job the, when you did it. And yeah, just a, a great wrap-up of just some practical tools and uses for how to move on. You know, sometimes we we go through these teaching series, and then they end, and we just forget about them. You know, but man, what what a waste because there's so many practical things, especially I feel like in, in this series. So we just want to take today and just do a little recap, tie a little bow on love and liberty, and maybe just mention a few things that us three are really uh, focusing on and chewing on as we depart from the series 
and head into uh, the Christmas season. So that said, I mean, Dan's cheating for you because you, you just did the review and news. But what are some things that come to mind? Like, where, As you look back on the series, what are some of the things that God showed you that was exciting or new? Maybe what are some of the things that uh, you're going to be working on in the coming weeks and months? I'd like to yield my time to Congressman Smith. <laughs> Congressman from that's Tracy. A, that's yeah. a scary thought <laughs> yeah. right there. Yeah, I'll take the time. Thank you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think one of the the biggest things that was my takeaway was as far as laying down our liberties, we spent a lot of time talking about how our neighbors will be benefited, not to be a a hindrance to those folks in their growth, their spiritual growth. And yet we hit on the point that there's a higher level uh, of obedience of not just building up our neighbor, but we are accountable to, to God, and it's because that's pleasing to Him that these things, uh, that we lay down these, these liberties for our neighbor. Now, our neighbor is going to benefit, and ultimately we benefit from that, but Jesus is glorified in us doing that, and it's kind of a circle that He's glorified, and it gives us an opportunity not only to build up those who are believers, but to be a witness to the unbelievers, which then can bring them uh, into a relationship with with Christ uh, themselves. So it, I thought that was a great uh, point that we just don't stop at, at uh, being helpful and building up our, our neighbor and a fellow believer, but really glorifying Jesus in the process. Mm. Yeah, <clears throat> man, just I love that, that, I, that idea of doing, doing everything, you know, to the glory of God. Yep. And I think that that word a lot of times is very, it's kind of nebulous for us. It's like, Oh, glory. Oh, you know, like, what does that mean? And I just love how we learned in this series that it's just, it's just uh, a, a clear picture of God's nature. What is he actually like? And, <clears throat> you know, I was thinking about, um, I was listening to this, to this interesting podcast this week, just about art and the art market and it was just so fascinating about how these these like you know these two very, very common like uh materials just paint and 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 cloth right could could be put together in such a way that it would sell for you know 100 million dollars or whatever <laughs> you know and it was just it was just really interesting to, just to see this whole idea of like the art market basically is the art is worth whatever someone will pay for it. And, and why, why, why do we, why does art have such a, a, a profound cultural resonance for human humans, right? All throughout human history. And I just think about this idea of us showing a picture of God's glory to the world. It's like a portrait, right? It's like this beautiful representation that draws people in that, uh, you know, could even just um, create, wonder and imagination and like, wow, what, you know, we were, we were even talking about peace. It was Advent peace on, mm-hmm. on Sunday. And, and we were just talked about this idea is like, we have, we live through these troubled times with such a centeredness and a calmness and, and just a, a peace that the world is going to see and be like, wow, God is different, you know, than me. Mm-hmm. And to your point, Pat, if, if our portrait is blank, <laughs> you know, if we're hanging in a museum and people people come to see us, but we're not really pointing to the God. We're not really reflecting the portrait. You it loses the value, right? We're not showing people that glory. 
Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that. And I even think, I would even say, I mean, this is bold, but I don't think we can have a blank canvas. You know, I think whether mm. you like it or not, yeah. you're living life, you're existing, right. and you're doing things every day, you're painting a picture. And it's either a picture of the gospel, like you mentioned, or it's not, you know, mm. or it's just noise and it's worldliness. And that reminds me of two things. It reminds me of that, that warning in, in James 4 of what friendship with the world is and it's enmity with God. And you are against God if your portrait looks the same as the world's portrait. Mm. And unfortunately, man, for so many of us, the way that we use our time, the way we spend our money, the the, the, the things we talk about and our attitudes and stuff, it, it 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 can be indistinguishable from what you would expect the rest of the world to look like. Mm. And that's really sad. You know, it's a really sad thing for two reasons. One, for that reason, because it's not pointing to, towards God's glory. But also, man, the, you're, you're missing out on what freedom in Christ can look like. Yeah. Of the great, of living in God's grace daily and experiencing that and all mm-hmm. those different things. Like, and that's one of my takeaways from this series was it's not just action that, that can result in, in blessings and fruit in your life. You know, sometimes self-control and giving up things and just not doing certain things, even though we feel because we're so like action based, oh man, I need to do this and this and this. But actually, no, exercising that self-control and giving up things, God uses that in so many powerful ways in your heart, in your lives, in your relationships. So, yeah, there, there is no inaction, all to say. And that reminds me of, you know, in staff meetings, we're going through um, John 15 and memorizing a big chunk of that. And Jesus says, you know, after he's, this is the, the part where he says he's the, he's the true vine and we're the branches, you know, and the father's the vine dresser. And what does that process look like? And you know, last week Dan read his his thoughts based on that passage, um, but then later on, you know, in verse ten, I think it says Jesus is saying, "Hey, abide in my love." You know, the Father has loved me, and I love you. Abide in my love. But then he says, "And by this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples." If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. And it's like, man, Jesus says it. He lays it out that this is how God's going to be glorified by us proving to be his disciples. And how do we do that? Well, it's that it's that full portrait of our lives like you're talking about, Dan. I think it's so easy on Sunday mornings, you know, or in our small groups to be a certain way. But well, and I even think that people and we all fall we all fall victim to this sometimes. We feel like certain areas of our lives can escape <laughs> scrutiny. You know, we feel like, oh yeah, we can be good on Sundays and I can kill my role as a pastor at this church, you know, but in certain areas of my life, oh yeah, it's just between me and God. But the reality is people are not blind, you know, people will see inconsistencies in your life and the way that you are and your attitudes and stuff. And man, are is that picture you're painting going to prove to them that you're a transformed disciple by the grace of God or is it not? And if it's not, then like you're saying, Dan, that canvas is a total waste. And even not just a waste, but it's a detriment. It's it's against the the glory of the gospel. And and you hit the payoff, right? Abiding in God's love. That's that's the the payoff. When we look for answers to prayers and and sometimes they don't come. That's it. That's the payoff. Is that and and one of the things that destroys that, Dan, you hit it on on Sunday, First uh, Corinthians ten twenty four. When he says, let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Well, at some point, we're all going to face the, the issue of, hey, when does somebody look out for me? And, yeah. and you hit that. And, and I think all of us 
get to that point. And, and we have to just continue. It's a constant turning over of our will uh, and disciplining ourselves. And the payoff is we can abide in, God, in God's love. Because if we look up for the payoff for ourself, we're going to come up empty. It's mm-hmm. going to be hollow. And we're going to continue to look for that and feed that. Uh, so it's, it's a great thing to keep in mind is, is that just abiding in him. Because that's that's what we're. That's the peace that we're looking for, not to be comfortable, but to have that uh, spiritual rest in in Him, that abiding. So I, I like that. I love that you you just said that. That's the goal. It's not to be comfortable. It's spiritual rest. I, I had a fascinating conversation yesterday with, with a friend, and we're talking about you know just the state of the world and politics <clears throat> and hostility to the gospel kind of thing. And initially I was like, man, there's, there is more hostility to the gospel, but we're, we're more and more, we're becoming, coming to a place where we have to take a stand. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't, we can't live in this neutral ground. And my friend's comment was, man, good. You know, honestly, like everyone's so fearful of government control and oppression on the church, but his opinion was, man, honestly, I think it would be really good for the church of Christ, maybe not the, the church infrastructure in America, but, but for, for Jesus's followers, I think it'd be really good for us to have that kind of pressure, for us to face that kind of oppression, because it would force us to choose. It would force us to, to make decisions. Are we going to give up these things for the, the benefit of the gospel or are we not? And right now we have the benefit of being so comfortable for the most part in our Christian lives, you know, yeah. in America. But even just overseas right now, you know, people are facing that and, and the reality of God's grace and the reality of abiding in God's love, like you're describing, I think is just so much more present when you're facing that kind of pressure. Well, and, and Pat, doesn't it remind you of our, our wonderful Antioch trek through the book of Acts? Yes. Right. Every, every time that the, the church in the first century is persecuted, oppressed, Every time the authorities, whether the religious authorities or the Roman government, tried to squash the rebellion, you know, squash the movement, what did it do? It just, it just, it spread it further. People, people scattered in, and what happens when the heat gets turned up is people have the opportunity to, yeah, like there's a line in the sand, you know, and it's like, no, this, this thing is real. I'm, I'm. I'm I'm with Jesus. And what it does for our witness, our boldness, our faith, um, it there's really nothing else that that can push the kingdom forward yeah. like pressure and persecution and hostility. Yeah. And what a what a decision we have to make uh going through the acts uh, with the class now. And one of the things that we continue to see uh Paul gets stoned for the for the gospel, and he has to make that decision: Am I going to go back in, right? Because the gospel is more important than his safety, or am I going to leave and go and spread the gospel because that's also important? So it's right. it's a, a no lose in in one way, but that's a, a place where we really need to let the spirit Boom. act in our life, bingo, and and wow. guide us because it's it's not about our comfort, right? It's about what are we doing for the gospel. And if we keep that in mind, then we have that abiding for ourselves. but we're also bringing other people to Christ or encouraging others. And then we're, we're living out both the great commandment to love God and love others. And that drives us to the great commission, right? To, to go out and, and preach the gospel and, and disciple folks. So 
again, it's a it's a win win proposition as long as we don't shrink away yeah. uh, from that. And and Paul says uh, in a couple places, I did not shrink away from uh, giving you the whole counsel of of God. I didn't mm-hmm. do that. And uh, so important, so yeah. important. He's a great model, and uh, I continue to fall short every day. Mm. Well, I mean, I, maybe we can talk about that a little bit more too. Just the 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 leading of the Spirit and the the grace of of our Father, you know, to help us uh, in our weakness. <clears throat> On Sunday, we talked about these different zones, temples, um, markets, houses, reunions, and basically there are these different arenas in life that we might find ourselves grappling with issues of liberty um, and and where we're going to encounter people that just need to be loved by, by, by God and by us. And I was thinking just about that first zone, that temple zone, which, which really is, a, is arenas that we shouldn't be operating in as believers because they, they, they pollute the, the gospel, right? And make it unclear for people. And, and, you know, one thing that I wanted us to talk about on Sunday was I think there's dangers on both sides that we just kind of like haphazardly, you know, fall headlong into those arenas and, and cause all kinds of destruction, or we reject them in a way that, that is, obnoxious <laughs> and pushes people away rather than helps them see the gospel. So I'm just curious what your guys' thoughts are on that and how, how do you navigate that with the spirit? How do you, how do you say no to, you know, I was thinking, I thought about this yesterday. I was thinking, um, a lot of years ago, uh, I had a brother who was witnessing to some, some Mormons and he was really involved with their life and, and they had invited him to come to temple with them, with him, and uh, he was really struggling, and and you know. So anyway, just how do we how do we you know stay unpolluted by by staying out of those arenas, but but do it in a way that allows us to continue the relationship with those people. Yeah, it's kind of one step further than where Paul started, because where Paul was talking in the beginning of First uh, Corinthians. Eight, he started with not wanting to pull people back into an idolatrous uh, relationship. So I look at uh, going into a bar or a temple, a, a regular temple, and uh, if I'm with another believer who's come out of that, mm. I would really need to to think about that. If I'm going to uh, learn more about with myself, and because uh, that actually happened, uh, Sheila and I and a couple. A friend of ours actually went to attempt because we wanted to engage with the people there, yeah. and all four of us were on firm spiritual ground. We had a reason for being there, yeah. and we had an exit strategy. I think when you have those three things, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, as far as not having believers that could stumble, then you're on on firm ground with that. And we just wanted to engage and learn more, and yeah. and so I I think. Again, There's a way you can do it with a good conscience. Is really what right, you're talking about, right? And again, right. the gospel's in the center. Uh, of our decision yeah. making. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because um, I'm glad you brought up the idols thing because I think the context is important and it helps us kind of understand how we should be thinking about it and praying about it. Because with with those gatherings and with idols, it it would have been taken that way, you know. Oh, Pat went to that thing with the idol worshiping. He's probably going back to the idols, you know. Yeah. Whereas you know these days, like the Mormon context, 
there may be someone, I guess for sure, that might think, oh, Dan went to a Mormon church last Sunday. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's going Mormon. Or or maybe they'll say, oh, I guess Mormons and Christians are the same. And they might say that. Right. Yeah. But I think, uh, or they, hopefully they would say, at least people who know you would say, right. wow, Dan's ministering to Mormons. That's cool. You know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's, is it, it's not black and white in all situations is things what we're saying. Is it's not a rule. You cannot go to one, because otherwise, how are we going to go and make disciples of every nation? You know? We have to be able to go and to these places, but but yeah, just using judgment and wisdom and, and and really praying about it. But yeah, I think that, you know, for example, if there was a church in the Tri-Valley that was in the news and became known for, oh, turns out they're not preaching the gospel. Every service that happens there, all the congregants are just doing drugs and partying. That's what their services look like. And they're in the, everyone, people know that. <laughs> if you went to that church on a Sunday, it's I, they might think you're doing that, which I totally get. But if it's like, hey, this is a church that is questionable and you went there, just think there's, there's some freedom in that. And I think hopefully that if we pray about it, the Holy Spirit will give us some clarity and, and guidance. But I'm, I, I appreciate what you said, Pat, is just is is the the advancement of the gospel front and center here? Because if it is, then I think that the Lord will protect us a lot in that. If it's not, then yeah, probably <laughs> yeah. maybe not. Take a step back. Yep. Yeah, and you know <laughs> – this is a bit of a side note, but just thinking about that, I think this is one of the reasons why uh, this whole chunk is just such a relational thing and your relationships matter in this context. You know, I think about someone like Tim Barley. I know him, you know, I, and I see the things he does and knowing him has a real difference with how I would interpret him going to this or that, you know? We all know that Tim loves mission work. He loves I me. Mean, he just came back from Liberia, you know? So knowing him and knowing his heart and knowing his love for the gospel and knowing his heart for evangelism, if he were to go, you know, because even in your situation, like say it was a Diwali festival that that one person feels convicted to not go to. If Tim went to that, my instant reaction would be like, oh man, Tim's evangelizing. You get it, man. Someone else maybe doesn't have that freedom. So I'll have to say, I think this is one of the reasons why the relationships in your lives matter and how you represent yourselves in these relationships matter because it's not even just the doing it that might paint that picture for God or not, but it's people's impressions of you doing it that, that matters, you know? So if people take a, a look at your whole life, it's like, man, it, how do they spend, how do you spend your time? You know, looking at Tim, he is not spending his time, you know, playing around and going to parties all the time. He he's a, He's a ministry man. And so it gives credibility to those things that maybe would be, on the gray area that no, because he lives a ministry and gospel centered life, it's easy for out outgoers to see that and look say, man, this is probably a ministry and gospel focused thing that he's doing right now. So again, just going back to that idea of just consistency and integrity as, as Christians. Cause that, cause that's really the first part we have to uh, find out and discover is, is that our Liberty or not? And, then the next part of what Paul is talking about is, when do I lay that down? Which is just as uh, more difficult, I think, of a decision. When, when is it going to get to affect somebody where they could, it would affect their relationship with Christ? Well, yeah, and I, and I just think it's really hard to, to determine that because we don't know wh- whose eyes are on us, right? So, yeah, just to push back on that a little bit, like there's other ways to, 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 to reach Mormons than going to temple. There, there's other ways to learn about Mormonism than going to temple. 
you know, so that, that, that's the way I was, I, I kind of took it and maybe I'm wrong, but it's like, <clears throat> if there's any risk, any risk of polluting the gospel, we should avoid that arena. Um, because I don't know, I, I may not have the ability for, for people to know my heart. I may not have the ability to even know who's, who's aware of me going and doing that thing. So I have no way of going back and like clarifying things for people. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I, th- I think the spirit of that is erring on the side of let, let's not, let's not engage in those, in those arenas. Obviously um, if the, if the spirit is leading you to go do something and you, you got to go do it. But, but I, I, I think, I think it's, there, there's a lot of risk in it for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's certainly not helped with culture right now. You know, we're living in a day where cancel culture is prominent. And unfortunately, the the idea of taking something and twisting it and then canceling that person is just becoming more and more commonplace. Because where you draw the line with that kind of thing? You know, there, for example, I was just at a, an, a ministry recently doing a video and part of what they do is, is they go into the tenderloin and they go to to strip clubs and they, they meet sex workers as they're leaving the strip clubs and they evangelize to them and give them gift bags and work with them. But along those same lines, someone could totally take a picture of them standing outside of a strip club and then use that and say, Oh, they're going to a strip club. They're Christians are going to strippers, you know, but that's not at all what's happening. So I think it is a hard thing to figure out of where the mm-hmm. line is. And for sure, there's going to be risk no matter what, but like, how do you parse through that, I guess, and figure out, yeah, which risk is worth it, and which ones they're not. Yeah, again, who are who are you with? What's their their background? And and to your point, it's all about relationships. Knowing the people who are with you on your team, and talking to them, and finding out where's your comfort level with with this. And some folks might say, you know what, I I can't do that. Okay, that's great. So uh, so we don't do that at least with with that partner in the in the gospel. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think. Even those situations about things that are that are um, obviously worldly, like a strip club, whatever, versus things like like a Mormon temple or or like you know a Hindu temple or 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 wherever. Like, I don't you feel like that the things that are spiritual, quote unquote, and religious, quote unquote, have a greater risk of of muddying the waters for people, right? Because they're just gonna th- oh I guess Christianity is like like every it doesn't matter what what religion I choose right. like just I think especially today yeah. you know kind of we're in a post postmodern kind of situation where everything's just relative and 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 now even truth is not even part of the conversation so I think that's different than you know going and 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 it, I would I would call like those that type of thing like a like a market arena right so so I'm going to an area where there is a strip club. To, to engage people that are coming out of the strip club, I, I would consider that a market arena rather than a temple arena. And to be clear, we're not going in. Yeah, <laughs> we're, exactly. We're engaging people as they come uh, out around right, 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 right. Uh, who we know are in need of the, of the gospel. And certainly one of the biggest things as far as looking at other religions, especially polytheistic mm. uh, religions, where they're just going to say, Hey, great! Your God is another God on the on the shelf yeah. uh, for the unbeliever, uh, anyway. Uh, and so there there's a, a danger in, in yeah. that. Yeah. No, and I agree with that. I think just the point is that it's not black and white, mm. and it is it does take you know just consideration. For example, I recently had a conversation with somebody who I think they were in this process where 
they were unclear a little bit and things got a little bit muddied on their end, perceiving what Valley Bible Church was doing. And it was because of our involvement with the Arabic Church of Sacramento. And they had a lot of questions about that. And just from their perception, uh, and and granted, they had, they had misunderstandings is what it was down to. But still, for them, it was, oh, we're dealing with people who are prominently Islamic, you know, what are we saying? You know, are we are we agreeing with what Islam's saying? You know, and was, well, of course we're not. And I explain what we're doing, but I think it's exactly that situation we're talking about. It was this person didn't have a full understanding, just like the Corinthians didn't have a full understanding between idols and then church. You know, and they came to a conclusion that was muddying the waters for them. Does that mean that we were wrong to do the Arabic Church Sacramento stuff? Of course not. But it does mean we have to just consider that with how we deal with people and how we represent that. And it was a learning lesson for us in in clarity in how we talk about what we're doing at the Arabic Church of Sacramento. You know, so maybe that's one of the takeaways is just if you're going, if you feel led in any of these temple or sorry, any of these idolizing kind of things, maybe it's just a lesson for you to be way, way, way more careful than you think you need to be with communicating what you're doing and why you're doing it with the people around you just so there's no kind of confusion and, and muddying possible that makes sense yeah. that said Arab church sacramento you guys are killing it <laughs> they're so great and he has a he doesn't hide the gospel at all he has a great big sign jesus christ uh out in front hanging That's on awesome. the fence so awesome. any of the the arabic folks who may be uh, muslim are going to come in and know exactly what they're getting into and, and they come yeah. anyway so well hey pat how how, how have you and sheila been taking this stuff to heart, you know, just with regards to your, I think a great arena for us to consider all of these things is, is in other people's homes or when we're inviting other people into our home. So have you guys had any recent cool things happen where with, with your neighbors, unbelievers, or, or anybody from the church where you've been over and you've been able to to practice some of this laying down, I'll put, kind of put you on the spot here, but, yeah. or, and if not, what are some kind of principles you guys have talked about moving forward that are going to shape how you how you navigate those arenas? Yeah, most of our contact with the the newer neighbors, right? Because we're over in in Tracy now, has been outside the home. Okay, and uh, so we've got a next door neighbor uh, who's not a believer, unchurched, and then we've got one across the the street who is uh, who is Arabic, and then we have a couple neighbors who are Indian. And it's, it's great to talk to them because none of them really have a fear of talking about God. Jesus is another uh, issue. But when I, I speak with them, the, the liberties that uh, I'm going to lay down are not the gospel. That is, that is not going to be something. So one of the things that we have in our house, and Sheila's great at this, as far as whatever season it is, we'll have something regarding whether it's Easter or whether it's Thanksgiving or whether it's Christmas, Jesus will be prominent. And the wrong liberty to lay down that we shouldn't worry about offending someone is for them to walk into the house and see gospel-related pictures, as you pointed out, or or sayings. Yeah. Uh, Jesus is the reason for the uh, season he is risen uh, those yeah. those types of of things uh, because the offense that we talk about when we don't want to necessarily offend someone right. that offense is an obstacle to them that offense is is not 
that we don't lay down is the gospel, because we don't have to be offensive in giving the gospel. The gospel is offensive enough for itself mm-hmm. when unbelievers uh, hear it. So that that can't be something. And yeah. I have no problem with talking about uh, Jesus to uh, my neighbors. And some other things I I let go is they they speak of things and some of their opinions and and attitudes, then I don't have to necessarily worry about the knowledge that Paul talks about. I don't hit them with biblical facts. It's about, hey, the reason that I do this is such and such. They want to know, why do I go to the park where the homeless people are in Tracy? Why have I been there? Well, that's because uh, that's what Jesus is asked me to do. Mm. That What the good teacher, which a lot of them will say, he's a good teacher. Yeah. That's what he's uh, asked us to do. Why do I go to, I love talking about the Arabic Learning Center, uh, because it's another thing. Hey, I go up there because the love of Jesus is to be shown. And yeah. I have no problem saying that. But if they have cultural uh, issues that yeah. really, uh, Muslim, the, the meat that they eat, that, hey, great. Yeah. Uh, no yeah. problem. If I had them over to the house, I would be completely uh, okay with with that yeah. and adjusting whatever uh, diet or, or menu. That's that, so good. Uh, that That's have. so good. I love that. Mm. Um, can I ask you a personal question? Absolutely. You, you you and Sheila, do you guys do you guys drink? Do you guys consume alcohol? No. No, you don't. No. Do you, do you want to share what that kind of looks like as you go into different people's homes? Because I assume you have you have dealings with people that do. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's been an issue that's that's d- definitely on a lot of people's minds as we've gone mm-hmm. through this love and liberty thing. So maybe you could share why you guys don't yep. and then how you navigate in different arenas where that may be present or or their right. opportunity for it may be. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's two types of environments. One, people know me very well and they know that I don't drink and they know the reason why, which is a, a history that I have with that. So most of the folks are uh, sensitive they're, they're to fine that. with that. Yeah. You know, so no alcohol if they do drink, no alcohol comes out of it. Other people that So they kind of come to you. They 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 are considered they lay their they don't have an yes. issue with it. I am the weaker brother, so to speak. <laughs> in, <laughs> in that in that uh, regard, yeah. Case. Yeah. Yeah. And most of them will say if I'm out with somebody, I've had this with especially mature believers. Hey, do you mind if I and yeah. thirty years ago, I might have said, "Ooh, you know, that's yeah. that's tough for me." And and now it's it's not a okay. an issue. And and then there's folks that uh, that uh, do drink, and they don't really care if I do or don't, and they'll go about their business. Yeah. And uh, how yeah. does that affect you either way? Does it does it make you feel cared for when somebody lays their th- their da- thing down? Yeah. Or or does it make you? Does it does it does it um, I don't make you feel less cared for if, if they have a disregard for you in that way. Uh, yeah, when somebody is is sensitive to that, I I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, and and that's that's good. If they if they don't, uh, I usually figure that they are. And I don't mean this in a negative way, but they're ignorant. They just don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, they just don't know that. And one of the things I know somebody who doesn't have a problem with alcohol, but he decided that he would not drink. And one of the things that he told me was, I never realized what a habit it is, number one. Hmm. And number two, uh, and he, again, he wasn't a problem drinker. Uh, and the second thing is, 
I never realized how much pressure in our culture is put on uh, people. You should have a that, drink, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah and the yeah. hardest part yeah. I have is when people uh, abuse it, and I know how bad that is, and, and they look at it as a liberty, mm. and not just having a drink, but having uh, multiple. And right. uh, So I... Again, I don't use uh, knowledge. And again, this is out of context for 1 Corinthians because the knowledge that he's talking about is knowledge of the Bible and hitting people over with that without caring yeah, about them. Right. But the the application part can be with, hey, don't you know this? It's like an ex-smoker. You know, every, everybody, <laughs> should, they preach. Everybody yeah, shouldn't yeah, yeah. smoke. And, you know, not they do, but... Uh, same thing can be with any habit that we put down. We look and say, hey, you shouldn't do this. So I look for opportunities uh, to just share uh, yeah. with mm-hmm. them. And so it can be an evangelistic uh, time for for some folks. That's really good. Thank you for sharing. I mean, appreciate, yeah. I, appreciate, I kind of prodded you a little bit there, but I think, it, I think it'd be really helpful for people just as they navigate that yeah, issue. It's part of my testimony, so I don't have any, okay. any issue. Thanks, man. Uh, I appreciate with it. That. I think that with that too, like that's one of the beautiful things about Paul's process of adapting to who he's with. And I think alcohol is a good example of that. You know, rather than having to have this interaction of like, Hey, do you mind if I drink or not? You know, just meet the person where they're at. You know, if, if I know Pat and he's not drinking, I won't even talk about it. You know? So what are you having to drink? You want water? You want bubbly? You want bubbly water? I'll, yeah. I'll bubbly water with you. You know, it just, it just gas save or you. No gas. Yeah, it'll save you from the whole interaction of just <laughs> adapting to, where he's at, you know? And honestly, like, I don't know about you guys, but if, if I'm with someone who doesn't drink beer and I drink beer and I do and they don't, I feel awkward. It's weird. I'd rather drink a, a non-beer with that person who's not drinking beer than put them in that situation, yeah. you know? A, a cultural example, when we go on mission, right, and whether it's with the Navajo or in Belize or whether you're over in, in Africa, what do we typically do? Whatever they put in front of you, you, you eat, at least part of it, uh, yeah. even up at the Arabic uh, American Learning Center, uh, we went out and visited a, a Muslim family and, you know, you spend three hours with them uh, where you planned out five minutes, but <laughs> they put some stuff and I didn't ask. And there's some foods that I, I just don't eat now because I don't like them. I just, I just, and you know, you, you, you got to do, do, do it. And so for some reason, we're sensitive to other cultures and for our own we just steamroll them. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? We're, we're, yeah. Rugged individualism yeah. in America yeah, is, yeah. is alive and, and well. Well, so. and, and we could learn a thing or two from that type of hospitality too, right? I mean, that I think is such a beautiful, you know, bed for the gospel to rest in when we have people in our home and we just, we just show them, you know, generosity and, and mm-hmm. love and we welcome them in. So I, I think it's really interesting you know, <clears throat> when we have, we've talked a lot about being on someone else's turf, but when we have someone on our turf, are there things that we're doing to, to make them feel uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. You know, are, are we, when we have those reunion kind of zones, right, that's an opportunity for us to, to meet, meet them where they're at as well. It's not just, you know, coming in uh, as a visitor. Yeah, it's an opportunity for us to practice that, that self-control, right? of just having the long goal in, in view and and giving things up, you know? Yeah. Just like an athlete doesn't drink beer because they want to yeah. win the race, I cannot drink beer for yeah. your benefit, Pat. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be over to your house tonight for dinner. He's trying to win you to Christ. He's, 
He just wants you to share in the gospel, man. So (laughs) good, good. Well, um, I don't know any other, any final thoughts on the series? I mean, there's, I feel like we've, we've, uh, We've touched on so much. We're milking a lot. Yeah. I mean, to me, just the biggest takeaway and the biggest kind of compass to go by in this process is if you're going to take one thing away and forget the specific verses and the specific arenas, you know, if you can take one thing, just take away just this, this mentality and this attitude of, of others focusedness and how that plays into what you're doing. Because really it all kind of comes from that, you know, just being, having an awareness of, man, is, is what I'm doing going to point this person towards Christ or not? In, in, in all the arenas, in all the different questions and assessments, it's all the same. It's like, man, is, is this going to glorify Christ towards others or not? No. I think if you're really thinking about that, it'll really simplify a lot of it for you down the road. Yeah. The one area that was my takeaway was the, the people pleasers that we talked about. That's, uh, a habit that I uh, have had, I'd like to say in the past, uh, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. If we remember 1 Corinthians 10, 31, right, where we talk about do all to the glory of God, not so it comes back to yeah. us, because typically is you do something for somebody. For the pat on the back. It, for that, or <laughs> at some point, you yeah. know, I'll ask you for a favor. Uh, as in the, a little the tip Godfather. for tat. Yeah. Uh, but if we do, it all for the, <laughs> we do it all for him, and it's, it's just given. It's just yeah. given, and regardless of what people uh, think of, of us uh, for, for that uh, act. Yeah. We do it all for the glory. So that's really one of the biggest uh, takeaways that I've had that is just always going to be an ongoing process. You can't do enough to shine glory on God. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, we got uh, Christmas season is upon us, and we've got an, a wonderful Christmas series that we're going to be kicking off. Uh, and Pat, as a as a member, a representative of our distinguished teaching team, yeah. uh, why don't you give us a little little teaser? Give us a little breakdown of what's coming up, so that we can start to ready our minds and hearts and get excited about uh, moving into this holiday. Yeah, one of the neat things about this series. Uh, it's short, but and that's not the neat thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, and we started it out at the Altamont last week. Charlie got us into it. And and so it's a little bit different. We don't necessarily go into the manger scene and, and all that. It's not, a tra- I'll say, a traditional quote-unquote uh, uh, Christmas, Christmas message. message yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're going into kind of pre-Christmas, and we're saying what promises did... Uh, did the prophets make, did God make for Jesus to come? So we look at the promises that have been given, and then we look at the promises that have been kept, and then we look at the promises completed. And it's just a great walkthrough of how we got to the nativity scene and what that means for us. And it shows uh, God's ability and promise to just continue. I love this because uh, Charlie used it to unfold God's plan. That's cool. And, and God's plan didn't start with Jesus, and it goes all the way back through the Old Testament, and it just builds a great foundation for the the Christmas season. And then teaser, not going to say anything more. Okay. But then we take that into to January, 
and it just builds on on that. Wow! So it's uh, it's, it's almost like a right. it's almost like a superhero's origin story, right? We're going to be talking so that we we entitled it Emmanuel, the Kingdom of Kept Promises. So yep. I got I've got that right, and it's so funny all these uh, all these Marvel shows and movies are coming out right now of like how did the Avengers you know what what what, it, what were they what were they up to before they became the Avengers? And I kind of love that that idea that we're we're going to tell the the backstory right. of of how of the incarnation. You know, we should have titled the series that the ultimate origin story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we could have really done a lot the with, with the branding. You know, yeah. we could have we could have gone with the comic book effect yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah. Man, and next year, next year. I love that. <laughs> well, and it's like, you know, it's really fitting because you know we just talked all about this idea of people looking at our lives, you know, and, and our, our attitudes and our actions painting a portrait, you know, for Christ or not. And what a just easy picking low hanging fruit season for us to do that process. Mm. And I was joking on Sunday, but people who don't know Christ literally got dolls and statues of him in their house right now. You know, like the opportunities are so there, but also at the same time, there's such an easy opportunity for us to just kind of go through the season and like, put our presents under the tree and sing jingle bells and then move on, you know, rather than man telling this amazing origin story of our savior. So just that's maybe something to think about as we go into this, this series of the kingdom of Kate promises is, is, is this on your heart? Is this on your tongue? You know, are you with the songs you're playing and the things you're saying as people come over to your house for dinner and I'm sure a lot of us are going to have big Christmas dinners coming up, you know, are you making great the the message of Jesus or not in Christmas season? Because man, almost more than any other time of the year, for those of you who are hyper concerned with offending with the gospel, it is least offensive right now to talk about Jesus than any other time because people are literally singing songs about Jesus. Yeah, yeah. and let me tell you why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you're right. It sets a a great stage. Here's here's what so many people in the country are are doing to prepare for this uh, time. And you know, I can't wait to talk to uh, my neighbors about this so they come to understand because they, they wonder so much about why uh, Americans, because a lot of them will equate Americans with Christians thinking we're all Christians. And, uh, and so it's, it's a great time to talk about it. They're not offended. They want to know uh, about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And so just in the spirit of, of, taking what we've learned in this love and liberty series, but then putting it into practice, you know, not, not just leaving it and forgetting it and, and, and moving on, man, let's take this, this momentum and these things that God has been teaching us and, and really put them in, you know, put it into practice. Like how can we go and meet the needs of our actual neighbors? You know, how can we um, really just show, show God's nature to the world by being imitators of Christ? Um, so yeah, I think it's I think it's a really cool opportunity for us. Yeah. We don't want to stop with the fruit cake on the porch. Right? Yeah. We want to tell them why they got a fruit cake. It's go. not because it'll last for a year. It's mm. because we Does it make it makes a great doorstop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's not the reason. So we it's a great thing to think about it. What are you going to tell your neighbors if if they ask? Why you're not you know, a jingle bell, ho, ho, ho versus the baby in the, in the manger yeah, uh, yeah. type of thing. And yeah, just an encouragement. You just, you never know what little phrase or, or gesture will 
be that thing for that person, you know? And like we said, as people are relatively unoffended right now, even the littlest things of, man, what are you doing for Christmas Eve? Well, I'm going to celebrate my, my Savior coming to the earth with my church family, you yeah. know? And if they go, oh, that's weird, and walk away, no harm done. <laughs> but maybe that's what stirs their curiosity about yeah. this life. And yeah. let's be bringers and inviters too, right? I mean, we've got, depending on when you're listening, Thursday night, we've got this tree lighting thing mm-hmm. that we're doing. Um, we've got Christmas Eve. There's church every Sunday. I don't know if you heard about it, but people, we are having church every Sunday from now until Christmas. Every Sunday? Yeah, every Sunday. Okay. We don't we don't quit. So just, you know, be train a train of lights, you know, is coming up uh, in a week. So just be thinking about, about extending that invitation. Most of us came to faith in Christ because somebody invited us to something, right? They invited us to uh, to youth group or to uh, a church service or a small group or some kind of camp. So just be thinking about how you might invite people and then even go one step further, bring them. So, hey, I'll come pick you up or let's carpool or we'll, we'll go together in some way. So it's a great, great opportunity for us. Yeah. And just, you know, the, intentionally, there's a lot of things coming up that are kind of easy invite opportunities. You know, even just tonight, Thursday night, we got a Christmas tree lighting extravaganza, got train of lights coming up and Christmas Eve service. These are all things that are pretty easy to invite people to and and for good reasons. So maybe take advantage of those and uh, be a bringer, like Dan said. I think one of the things that uh, Sheila has done, she has a book, The Case for Christmas, which gives a foundation for the holiday that most people celebrate. And although they, Mm. they know the story, they may be doubters of the veracity of the story. And our next door neighbors are, are not church, but they know about uh, church and they don't celebrate Christmas for the same reason as we might celebrate Christmas. So here's a low risk, high reward, just information, and you're not going to beat them over the head. But at some point, we will have the follow-up conversation of Hey, did you get to read it? Did you read that hey, book? Yeah. What did you think about this part of the, the book? Or if they haven't, hey, this part might be good for you. If you're just going to read a small part, this might be good. So looking forward to to that. It's good. Yeah, I mean, maybe we actually have, if you want a copy, we got hundreds of the case for Christmas here at church so we can give you a copy. And yeah, even just bake, bake cookies for your neighbor and give them the book and write a sticky note. Hey, if you've never checked out The Meaning of Christmas, give this a read. Yeah. I wish you would have told me that before we bought the, the book. But. Well, we know, you, we know you confront the money. You're retired. <laughs> it's for a good cause. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Pat, you, uh, you tower wisdom, tower power, if you will. Always a privilege to have you on the podcast. Thanks for being here. Uh, and you, you listener... Thanks for joining us. Hopefully you've joined us for this whole Love and Liberty series. And yeah, we just pray that it's it's equipping and just sticks with you and has real impact with the way that you live your lives right now uh, for the glory uh, of God. And again, Christmas season, y'all. So many things coming up. Hope to see you all of them tonight at the Christmas tree lighting, uh, the 14th for Train of Lights, and then of course Christmas Eve and and all those things. Uh, We love you guys. Grateful for you. Merry Christmas, y'all. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.